ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week. Not joined by the three podcast guests, but the two of us, Alex and, uh, well, not Chamberlain, but David. We're not, the games at chance.blogspot.com. We're not guests. This is our house. Well, I don't know. I, I feel mean, like we're, guess it's an opportunity to do it. We're guests in someone's ears. Yeah, we're guests in your head. They're Thank like, you, you know what? I, yeah. need, I, need, I need to pull me a Hamlet and drip a little poison in here. Mm-hmm. Chamberlain and Chance Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> with Alex. With me. With me. <laughs> well, and actually, Chance. And also David sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Did you get the thing? The Ishii but Island thing? It's not out yet. Is it not? Um, oh, everyone's... Okay. I assume no, no, it was every, out. Everyone's tweeting about it. All the influencers are already playing it, but it's out tomorrow, technically, on the mm. 20th of August. And... Um, and so I've just been playing through kind of like the first zone of the three zones that you can open because you gotta be in the second zone to get to the Iki Island content. Oh. And I wanted my character to be kind of leveled up enough that I expect this Iki Island content is not going to be the easiest shit in the game. No. It yeah, sounds so, like it's the end game. Exactly. So I definitely wanted to be leveled up a bit. And, um. Like it's, it's post main story, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't played it yet, sir. Hmm. But but, but I know you have to you you have to unlock the second area, not the third area. You have to unlock the second area to access the content, mm. which says to me uh, you have to be stronger in the first island. But like if if I were as weak for if I were as underdeveloped as Chamberlain was when he got to the third island, for example, like he just he just breezed through it. He hadn't even unlocked all the stances before he got off the first area, right? Uh-huh. And you can. You can unlock the first all the first dances before you leave the first area. You can unlock all kinds of shit before you leave the first area. Really level up your hero. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just kind of exhausting this area of the map. And then and then today there was actually a patch. A very large patch. It took an hour to download on the PS5. Oh. What did it do? This patch contains a bunch of little nice quality of life things. Like you can now um there's now an, a lock on that you can activate if you want. Um, that was one thing that bl- drove my brother up the wall, is you can't actually lock onto an enemy. Yeah, but I didn't really miss it after a while. Neither did I. I got perfectly used to it, and it it serves the way the combat flows just fine. Like, I like it kind of without the lock-on. I'm not going to turn it on. But to me, a hugely important thing, and it kind of bothers me that I, I was this annoyed by it, but I'm sure I complained that there wasn't an option to take off your bow and arrow when you're running around in, like, just a kimono. Or kimono, yeah, like just just like a, a yeah, Ronin outfit. The, the Ronin outfit's a kimono. Yeah, exactly. And but but and that's an iconic image. But then there's this giant fucking bow and a quiver full of arrows strapped to your back, just destroying the the silhouette. As far as I was concerned, mm. pissed me off to the degree that I stopped wearing that shit and I just wore the traveler's attire, which is a cloak. It looks terrible, but. <laughs> But at least it hid the bow. And so now there's an option to hide the bow. So I'm uh-huh. finally wearing a kimono. Like I hide the helmet. Very nice. Exactly. And it, it was kind of crazy to me that it that it took this long. But uh, the other thing I read about the Aki Island expansion is one of the things you do is you go around and you play your flute for various animals who then let you pet them. Mm-hmm. And apparently when you pet a cat, you can actually feel it purr through uh, the controller. I'm still not going to turn on the controller, but I thought that was a nice touch. I really like haptic controls so far. I really don't. Why not? I think the PS5 is an inferior controller to the PS4 controller. Really? 
in terms of controlling a video game. I do. I can't believe I haven't brought this up before. No, yeah. I don't think I've I do. heard this yet. I do. I think there's a larger dead zone on the sticks. I think my Overwatch play has suffered oh, playing dear. it on PS5. Absolutely. But the problem is I can't capture 1080p 60 video on a PS4. I just can't. Mm. So as far as I'm concerned, to keep making videos as best as I can, ironically, I'm going to play worse, but the videos will look better. Yeah, maybe I'm just still distracted by just having console games at buttery smooth 60 FPS. That it's, makes a big difference. It's just awesome. Um, honestly, at this point, I think that might it might be stronger than my PC. Uh, Ch- listener, Chamberlain picked up and put down Hades. That hurt me. But uh, I, I kind of stuck with it. And Hades, to me, is kind of like a Darkest Dungeon where I can just kind of slip in, relax for half an hour, and then go do something else. I have played an ungodly among, amount of Hades during this podcast. Hades on the PS5 is is how I've always wanted to play it. Really? Oh, oh. Like, I've, my monitor is 4K sitting in front of me on the computer, but mm-hmm. I'm still sitting in front of the computer. Like, it's an uncomfortable play situation for me. I, I understand this is your bed. You're very comfortable here. To me, this is a work environment. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, and so I don't, like, um, I was, I've been waiting to play Hades at 4K, because playing on Switch was fucking painful, um, at 4K, 60 frames per second, and that's what PS5 does. It is just beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and my god, it is hard in the early game. Like, you're not beating dad anytime No, 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 soon. like, um, a guy I knew at work was just like, have you played Hades yet? And I'm like, I played all the Hades. Whip out your notebook. You're going to take some notes. All right, first thing, Athena Dodge. Just period. You never don't want that. Anything Poseidon area effect, you want that. Get all the damage buffs you can from the mirror. And you'll thank me later. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... Is, so is your friend having a hard time with it? Mm-mm. Oh, but like he's like I'm almost beat the second boss. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> sweet summer That's child. cute. That's really you adore, cute. You Eventually, you're gonna be able to just know you're gonna beat dad. Mm-hmm. And that's a great spot to be. It's still fun to play. That's the crazy thing. Like, it annoyed me how long it took to unlock the spear. And now that I've got the spear, it's really annoying me that I don't have any Titan blood to. And I can't. I don't even have the option to unlock the aspects yet. Like that—that's driving me crazy. Because there's so much, uh, there's so many mechanics in the game that the game doesn't even let you know about. And I am at least 15 hours into this game. Like, oh, your new have, save file, yeah, yes, brand new save file. So I kind of understand Chamberlain's frustration that what you—you you really are grinding it. Like you're going through the same areas again and again. And we can make the argument, absolutely. That the game, obviously, it's a roguelike. It changes. The rooms you get change. And yeah, the rooms are change. same-y. The, the rooms are the same. But it's but the combat is fun, and that's why it's still fun to play. And and it is. Like, we're right in that regard. But I'm really appreciating Chamberlain's perspective. Because a lot of the choices that I found most interesting, I'm not allowed to make yet. It's true. Like, I was really frustrated I couldn't get aspects. But mm-hmm. for a roguelike I played all the way through for a second time, I still enjoy the shit out of it. And I'm kind yeah, of... Me too. Really want to go back to it, yeah. But I can't because Ratchet. You're playing Ratchet. I am playing Ratchet and Clank. Holy shit! It's good. It's solid. It's, it's a good Ratchet and Clank game. A lot wordier and less intelligent than I seem to remember Ratchet and Clank being. Less intelligent? No, I, I think don't this know. Is, no, the this script is the isn't really doing it for me this time. Well, it's not sparkling wordplay, but it never really was. Well, it's never this dull. I don't oh. think. 
I remember it being kind of funny. It is right? kind of funny. It's still kind of funny. Yeah. There's a lot of little funny stuff in there. I don't like Kit. Uh, okay, Kit is like, you know, a trauma story. Yeah, but... Mm. Yeah, and that's, that's you know... Um, I, no, I don't have a problem with Kit. I like Kit. I, I like the design. Was... I like the actor. Kit's, yeah, Kit's cute. The actor does a great job. Um, admittedly, Kit is a bit of a downer, but... Yeah. Um, the point of Kit is that, you know, she's finding kindness in the universe again. And, you know, I don't mind that, that, you know, Ratchet's nice, uh, such a nice guy that Kit can, you know, start to like herself again. But, yeah, no, Jennifer Hale, put her in everything. Oh, everything. Fuck yeah. yeah. Gosh, she's great. She is. And it was just like, hey, they've got a backup for, you know, just in case the guy playing Ratchet gets super Trumpy-er. Because he is. He's Trumpy? He's Trumpy. He sure is. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's, it feels like kind of a, we love you, we've we've spent many years together, but watch your ass. The Rivet Show, coming up next. I'd be yeah. down for that. I'm, I'm so that. down for that. Man, like, Ratchet doesn't have a, a mechanical arm, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, st- I love Clank. I love him so much. It still has a lot of Clank in it. And Clank it's a has lot shit of to Clank. do. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like his Lemmings puzzles. I didn't. Why I, not? Hate, I always hate that shit. It always feels <laughs> like, it always feels like busy work. They kind of are. It, it feels like we need a break from all the running and jumping and blowing shit up. And I'm like, ah, you don't understand why I'm playing Ratchet and Clank. Running and jumping and blowing shit up is... is That's my Tai Chi in this world. And you're making me stop doing Tai Chi and sitting here listening to your version of ASMR. Yeah. It's not doing it for me. <laughs> like, but like my big single biggest complaint about the entire series is just there's way too much nefarious... He's fine. Mm-hmm. He can cameo in every game, but he uh-uh. can't be the You're villain wrong. most of the time. You're wrong. I'm over it. You're wrong. Have you beaten this one yet? I mean, yeah, no, I know. I've looked up uh, uh, Emperor Nefarious. I like Emperor Nefarious. Spo- I do. Emperor Nefarious makes the game for me. All right, cool. He hasn't even shown up yet. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, he doesn't show up until way late. Way to spoil yourself. Ugh. Speaking I did. Of, speaking of spoilers, uh, have you been keeping up on The White Lotus? I ha- I haven't started it yet. I, I well, I've got the first episode loaded. I will watch it. I thought I'd get time after work to watch it. I didn't, but I did watch the what if. This okay. So last week's what if was uh, what if Peggy Carter were Captain America, and it was okay. It was okay. The action was okay. This week was like a forty minute. It was almost an hour. Like if this were no, it was like forty two minutes or something. It was twenty nine minutes. No, this week's was not twenty nine minutes. It, it was, was like twenty nine minutes. Then it was, that was a lot of credits. Yes, it was. Um, so, but even then, a half-hour TV show runs twenty-one point five, including the opening, um, including the opening. So this is a sizable bit of television to begin with, and then because it takes place in uh, in the uh, broader Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy universe. The ripple effects of of the fact that this is an alternate reality are so much more significant, and there's so much more that you play with here uh, that you get to play with here, and it's so satisfying in I every direction. Was really impressed with one particular cameo that ended up not being a cameo, but like a supporting character. We're talking Thanos. Oh, we're talking Thanos. So fucking good. And while we're on the subject, it was Josh Brolin. Hang on a second. While we're on the subject, I I. Every time on Disney Plus, when it gets to the credits, it wants to open something else. And I forced it to go back into the credits so that I can read you. The Watcher is Jeffrey Wright. We know that. Mm-hmm. Ch- Chala is, is Chadwick Boseman. We What's know the that. last credit? Press in peace. 
Nebula is Karen Gillan. Yeah. Uh, Yondu is Michael Rooker. Korath, the f- guy who fanboys out, and and that was fucking fantastic. Demon Hansu was so good. Yeah, was was Jamon Hansu, and to have him back and do do that character in a completely different direction, literally was so a fan girl fantastic. for twenty minutes. The cor- the collector was played by Benicio del Toro. That was Craig a good fight. Was played by Sean Gunn. Howard the Duck played by Seth Green. I the- wanted more. Gu- I wanted more Duck. The voice work in this it was off the charts. The mm-hmm. amount of fun they had with the characters was off the charts. Um, this version of T'Challa and this version of Nebula uh, are... It was so much fun. I wanted a whole movie of these characters. Yeah, I really did. It felt like we kind of got one. Yes, it was really nice. Like, I, I'm, I'm amazed that I'm so positive about this fucking CGI cart- Marvel cartoon, but that was great. If you're a fan of the movies, that was great. It was. It really was. And I'm glad you you, uh, you kind of shifted us further over into TV land, Alex, because mm-hmm. I did watch other shit. What'd you watch? Uh, Beckett, Beckett on Netflix. Beckett's a Netflix original. Uh, John David Washington, and I forget her name, but she got an Oscar. Uh, yeah, she yeah. was uh, uh, she's she was a man from Uncle, and she's Laura Croft in Tomb Raider. Oh, yeah. Um, she's dating that German dude that was Magneto. She... Uh, God. Uh, she's, it's a very Austrian name. What the hell is it? Okay, hang on. Tomb Raider movie. Click. Uh, there we go. Alicia Vikander. There it is. Alicia Vikander um, is is there for about a third of the movie, or well, maybe around twenty percent of the movie. And she's she's in one of these like, oh, I can see why why she actually got an Oscar roles. Like she's just playing a normal person and she's doing it perfectly. And she's not, like, made up to look like Alicia Vikander can when you apply a little bit of effort to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks like a person. And so she does a great job, and John Washington does a great job. You can hear so much of his dad and his voice and the cadence of how he talks. But what it is, is it's kind of a depressing... It, I want to say it feels like a Scandinavian noir, but it's not. It's set in Greece, um, where he gets in a car accident, and he ends up being chased by... Some sort of mafia, he thinks, maybe, for reasons he has no idea why these people want to kill him. He cannot figure out what what danger he poses to these people. And what I loved about it is um, it's very much a, uh, a John McClane everyman situation. Like, when he gets punched, it fucking hurts. And he doesn't know how to go toe-to-toe with, you know, uh, uh, gang guys. Uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of refreshing. It's refreshing how human his character is, um, and it was it was an okay yeah it was an okay thriller. I give it three. And it's a half. just it's a movie. It's a movie. Or, it's a movie. Okay. It's a movie on Netflix. Okay, called called Beckett. Um, and then I watched uh, a documentary called This Changes Everything. Have you ever heard of this? No. Also on Netflix. Are you familiar with the Gina Davis Institute? I've read about them today for a very specific reason. Why? Because you put it in headlines. I don't want to spoil it. I put, oh, that. Um, okay, so yeah. And I thing is, I saw that little bit of data from the Gina Davis Institute after I'd seen this movie. And I had no idea about this, but uh, so G- Gina Davis was famously, and she was in a lot of movies. Yeah. And uh, often I bring up the archetype of the lady assassin character who... Uh, um, you know, goes off the rails, uh, and I love that that movie. She was in one of those. 
Gina Davis had one of those movies where she was a crazy... I think it was called, like, The Color of Night or something like that. I forget. Um, but she was fam- most famously in Thelma and Louise. Hence the title of the movie. Mm-hmm. Thelma and Louise, I want to say, like, 1989 or something like that. It was a while back. Oh, no, it could have been 90s. Probably mid-90s. Um, Thelma and Louise was a, a, a script written by a women, woman that was so sick of how she saw women portrayed in films and noticed that women were always the supporting character to males. And she wanted to see females in the lead role and what would that look like? And she wrote Thelma and Louise because she was so pissed off <laughs> that she couldn't uh, that she couldn't get any of these stories on screen. And Gina Davis uh, played Thelma. And then after Thelma and Louise came out, it was... Now, the rationale was always, well, we're not going to put women in the lead role because those movies don't make money. We're not going to put women in the lead role. We're not going to tell female stories because um, those movies don't do well with critics and so forth. Thelma and Louise, you know, made a shit ton of money and got a ton of fucking Oscars. And was, was the first role for Brad Pitt? Was it his yep. first? Oh, mm-hmm. I still remember that. Mm, look at him go. I love <laughs> watching him go. Look at that butt. I like Daryl's butt. You could park a car in the shadow, shadow of Daryl's butt. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love, I love Elvin Louise. And then, so there was a conversation where, wow, now that we've established that a female-led movie like this, like Bridesmaids, um, can do so well, well, obviously the industry will take notice and change. And then Gina Davis noticed that it didn't. Yeah. And then a couple years later, A League of Their Own happened, and again, won, won some Oscars, did very well. No, no, it's really hard to get scripts like this made still. It's really hard to find roles like this for women still. And uh, so she kind of stopped acting and started putting together the Gina Davis Institute of Research to prove uh, definitively that uh, women uh, can't get director's jobs. Women can't get jobs on lighting. Women can't get jobs in special effects. Women can't get uh, jobs, you know, producing. Um, they can't. They can't get into Hollywood. They're a huge part of the union, but they only account for like one point five percent of the actual work. Oh man, like I could just spend an hour just talking about Pixar. Just like read how that one lady got fired off of directing Brave, and then just skip ahead to everything that um, John Lester was accused of, and just connect the dots. That woman's in this movie. Good. And listener, often we bring up um, representation in gaming on this podcast. And if you want a quick shorthand for why representation in all of media is important, watch the first 20 minutes of, uh, of this movie. Hang on, let me get the title again. This changes everything? This changes everything. Yeah. Watch the first 20 minutes of This Changes Everything, and it explains why representation in media is hugely important mm-hmm. um, for everything. But ultimately... It ties the inequality in the film industry specifically. It points out that uh, in the silent film era, women were a huge part of the film workforce. They were a huge part of the directors and the storytellers. In the When it came necessary to get a bunch of sound guys, to get a bunch of sound equipment, to really the money became a huge issue with the sound er- with the sound era, which meant they had to go to a bunch of bankers. And those bankers would not invest in anything that a woman was doing, period. It wasn't a good investment. Mm -mm. And that continued for years until in the 70s, there was a huge, I want to say the 70s or 80s, there was a huge lawsuit about um, 
unequal hiring practices, specifically in the film industry. And it ended up getting squashed for some reason. And then Gina Davis started her institute. Gina Davis took her, um, um, her findings to the ACLU, I think it is. And, um, and they went to, they went to an investigative body, uh, of the U.S. government that specifically deals with, um, um, inequality in the workplace. And they are currently still apparently in the process of suing, um, the industry. Good. And that, and that hasn't, that hasn't had a result yet. But it was a really cool documentary, a lot of really interesting people. And if you ever need a shorthand introduction to representation and why it matters, the first 20 minutes of this is fantastic. Have you watched anything awesome, Alex? I, um, hmm. I still keep meaning and not watching Pig. Do you have an opportunity to watch Pig? I have not. No, I mean, like, like, do you have, you know, can you rent it off anywhere? Basically? I think it's got to be on, let's see. Hold on. I, I got mine off Amazon. I'm like, sure. Like, it's got to be there. Like yeah, I can get it from $7 from YouTube. All right. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely Ooh, Adam, great. Adam Arkin. But wa- watch it. Watch it with uh, Laura. 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 Watch it with Laura because it's worth sharing. No. 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 Yeah. No. Listen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There's nothing in here that. No. This is a great day. Hey, and, and, and I've got her. I've got her. We're gonna watch White Lotus. We're gonna do that. She um, wants to watch it. That's a great series. But I'm telling you, if you watch Pig, you're gonna want to watch it with her because if you watch it alone, later on you're gonna want to show it to her. Ah. So just watch it with her, man. How violent is it? She's not good. There's a there's a scene where he takes a beating. Okay, intentionally, and the power of the scene is his will to take it, and how awesome he is, and in his uh, in his Gandhi like uh, piece, like it's amazing, Alex. It's amazing. Watch it with her. Okay, but I actually did watch something amazing. What did you watch that was amazing? Have you heard of brand new cherry flavor? Okay, I've seen that poster. What the fuck? Okay, didn't we talk about this last week? I think I said it's coming, and I'm hyped for it. Okay. And it happened over the weekend, and I binged it in a day. Oh, it's a series? Yeah, it's, uh, I want to say, six episodes, maybe eight. Hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's not too long. It stars, I want to, uh, hang on. Uh, I want to get her name right. Because Rosa it, Salazar? Yes. Uh, she was the voice and the, and the uh, visual capture of the lead in Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those eyes. She's still got the eyes. They're her eyes. It's amazing. Like, but it's no, her. I could, Watching her in the, I recognized her in this from that. It's amazing. Yeah, but I just like, the side by side is, oof. Well, I mean. Like the Alita I, thing and her actual eyes is just like, oh, yeah, the, no, it's like a, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a bad Photoshop. Kind well in in the movie you don't mind in the movie she just I know I, I'm sure you get used to it. Well, yeah, it's like if Jar Jar Binks were actually compelling, like, <laughs> like it's it's True. a fine it's a fine CGI version of a character. And granted, uh, she looks cartoonishly anime, but then again, it's based on an anime. I'm fine with it. Yeah, um, no, they earned it. So, brand new cherry flavor is a really dark psychedelic kind of um, thriller slash horror. Um, I know there's a horror movie about an, a lady artist, and the deeper she goes into her art, the more violent she becomes. I never watched it. It's on Shudder. But this is very, this very much reminded me of that. Um, oh, I love Catherine Keener. Okay, so she, so our, um, our, our young protagonist, Rosa Salazar, Lisa Nova is the character's name, moves to, goes to L.A., and she's there for a meeting with Lou Burke. And everyone's like, you got a meeting with Lou Burke? She's meeting Lou Burke? It's a big fucking deal. This guy hasn't even met Lou Burke. He's a big deal. You haven't. 
whatever. So she meets Lou Burke, and Lou Burke saw her student film. I thought it was just amazing. Really, really promising. Oh, shoot. He's the CIA guy from Narcos. Eric Lang. Yeah. yeah. And um, and she, it really seems like her dreams are opening up. He uh, he gives her $10,000 just to, you know, get settled in L.A., and then he options her film on the uh, on a contract that's that, as far as she's concerned, says uh, she directs it. But the fine print actually says he can yank it whenever he wants, which he does not reveal until he puts his hand on her leg and she pushes it away. And then he gives it to the director of a bunch of music videos, who's quite promising. And when she goes to give him shit for breaking his word to her, he chokes her out over the hood of her car, just to show her how powerless she is, and leaves her there. So she Damn. goes and she finds a witch that she's heard about. She's she's heard about this witch. The witch has introduced herself to Lisa, and she goes and she finds is uh, Boro. Boro is Catherine Keener in like Not these what I expected. long sharp nails, and and is a real enigma. Uh, who ex- who Boro exactly is is this wonderful transformation over the over the arc of the series uh boro evolves like the creature in uh um jeepers creepers uh-huh yeah like and it's not it's it's visually not but in terms of what we understand boro to be she just keeps on getting kind of more and more crazy and interesting okay good. Um, as long as she doesn't start like getting younger or some shit no yeah. this this was this was a great fun suit oh yeah by the way so she goes to borrow to get a curse placed on the movie producer uh borrow only t- and this is the one spoiler i'm going to give borrow only takes payment in kittens that Lisa spontaneously vomits up at, at points that she has no control over. Okay, that's and um, when she's sound, yeah when she's off at her place and suddenly she gets hit with an attack and she horks up a little white kitten. A zombie will appear at her door, gently pick up the kitten and walk away. Okay, brand new cherry flavor. <laughs> like I fucking love. Well, that I I think I need to re up my uh, medication if I'm gonna watch this. But yeah. Absolutely fantastic! Like I, I put this there with um, Russian Doll. It was so oh fun. damn! I it's, missed, I missed was, that. Uh, there's a season two coming eventually. That's what they uh, say. Yeah, this was so much fun. I loved right. brand cherry flavor. And I've been playing Overwatch, and I finally got a new video done and up. I don't think I watched anything else. I think that's all the entertainment I really meaningfully consumed this week. I started to really appreciate the PS5 version of um, Valhalla. Oh, Assassin's Creed. It's really smooth, and I'm enjoying it more. And the loading's a lot faster. I played it on PS5, I didn't think it was shit. Eh, well. No, but you know what, Alex? I'm trying to be less negative. I'm glad I'm, you're I'm, enjoying it. I'm trying to... I was trying to not buy Ratchet and & Clank and failed, but I did enjoy myself for two hours. I solved a murder mystery in Lond- a version of London that was so old, that was called London... I did love the version of London that is clearly built on old Roman ruins. It was really cool. That's really neat. It's just like, oh god, look at what it had to sink to before they decided to build something of their own. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and and that aspect of Assassin's Creed has always been neat. But I guess I got I got Valhalla at the dawn of the of the new gen. Mm-hmm. So I had Demon Souls sitting right there, looking oh, no. like de- looking like Demon Souls looks like. Yeah, Demon Souls looks good. Um, so 
and I, and and then Miles, yeah. and then this, and so this was just like the redheaded stepchild of the totally get lineup. It. Totally get it. But speaking of which, I know how people give the Knights of Anolando shit, but they have absolutely nothing on those fucking stingrays. Um, those glass spitting fucking stingrays that you have to shoot in front of to hit. Um, okay, well, what, what you do is you just kind of book it, for the most part, with the stingrays. Uh, you get, but what you, happens when you're on the cliff of the Golden Skeletons? Uh, you, 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 you pulled up a shield, and you don't let them kill you. Like, but you kill the skeletons. Like, I, mm. in fact, I have a video of this up. Oh, dude. Uh, yeah, soul grinding. Hang on. It's, oh, and it's a New Game Plus version, so it's actually super hard. Uh, well, yeah, actually, you know what? Let's see if I can find it. You go to my channel. Uh, and of course it won't actually let me search my own channel. What? Yeah, it's mean. Hang on. I go that here, and I go chance. Yeah, it won't actually let me search. Oh, I haven't watched Bowermaker. Oh, there it is. Uh, search, uh, soul grind. Oh, soul farming. Yeah, NG plus soul farming. And that is the exact sequence you're talking about. Hmm. And that's how you run through it, with a sword and a board. Well, thank you for that. No problem. So, so that is one of the harder parts of the game I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And, and the boss at the bottom is a bitch. But I've actually also got uh, I've also got a video of beating that boss on New Game Plus Solo okay. too. So does that mean it's time for headlines? I think it might be time for headlines. Headlines. In, enter- in entertainment news, Matt Stone and Trey Parker have purchased yeah, Casa yeah, Bonita, yeah, yeah. which is actually a real restaurant chain in Colorado, apparently, with all that Comedy Central money they got from it's that. It's got like, food, fun, and a friendly atmosphere. It's real. Like no, it's not, I didn't know that. I, didn't know, know I thought that. they would, they had made up their own version of, they made up an Italian-themed Chuck E. Cheese. I know. Like, I had no idea this was a real place in their childhood, and they loved it. And looking at the photo, I googled it before the show, and looking at the photos of this place, I can see how a kid would love that place. That looks like a lot of fun to go there. You see, it looks like an amazing, huge Mexican castle from outside. That's a great fucking episode. It is. It is. And uh, this is like, this is like, it's nice. It's nice when someone makes good and then says, I'm going to buy that pony I always wanted. (laughs) That's their pony. Uh, just a reminder, I forgot to say last week, new episodes of the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine are happening right now. Oh. Yeah. kind of Ro- want to see. Rosa left the precinct. Oh, I knew that. But, you know, it still got them all. Yeah. It still got Holt. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Overwatch news, uh, a new League Legendary skin, Pirate Ship Bastion, is now available for League points or real dollars until August 30th. It's a great, great Bastion skin. If I played any Bastion at all, I would get that fucking skin. Pirate Bastion. Is he, is he a pirate no, no, ship? No, no, no. He is literally a pirate ship. And just like they had... Uh, remember Goat's Brigitte from a while back? Oh, yeah, yeah, So that was a reference to the Goat's comp. Pirate ship is 100% the pirate ship comp, which is a payload with an Orissa on it, dropping your shield on the payload, so that creates your sail. And then you've got the Bastion. And yeah, he's got a parrot. Fuck yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, no, it is an amazing Bastion skin. Uh, it's, well, whatever. Uh, Christiane Louise, the Brazilian voice actor for Mercy and Overwatch and Cortana in Halo, among other roles, died last week. No. A man has been arrested in suspicion of her murder. What? Yeah. So, I've never heard the Brazilian, like, I'm sure I've heard it in the video and not recognized it as, you know, Portuguese, I think they speak in Brazil. I don't know. Um, 
But it feels like hearing that a cousin died. Yeah, like, I know. Like, like someone in the family got taken out in a bad way, and it's like, oh, it's 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 a weird morning for someone that that <laughs> far removed. But. For it to be something so violent. Yeah. That sucks. That's sad news. Yeah. Uh, the Gina Davis Institute said this week that female video game characters are ten times more likely to be shown in revealing clothing than their male counterparts. Shocking. Again, watch that documentary. This changes everything. Uh, Cat Lateral Damage Remastered is... <laughs> that is the best remastered version title. That's pretty good. <clears throat> Cat Lateral Damage Remastered is coming to consoles on September 15th. It's like all the new, new gen consoles and stuff. Uh, surprise, a 4K 120 frames per second version of Quake from 1996 is now available on all consoles. Ten bucks, fourteen dollars Canadian. Who 1996 games? Yeah, I'm yeah, it's a, it's a. How do I put this? A Cronenbergian era of video games. Yeah, there was a lot of little creepy crawly gross shit. But like, like looking back on it, it's just Hideous. so vestigial. Oh. And gross, most of it. The vast, vast majority of it. Oh, you're just talking about the aesthetics of it. Just like where gaming technology was in the 90s, the mid-90s. Well, I mean, I bring this up a lot. Um, well, not a lot, but when we talk about old games, when I talk about Vanillaware, I specifically bring up that polygonal games, when polygons first came out, listener, were hideous. They were and literally it, just polygons. Yeah, it was hard to love them unless it was the very first time you saw it. Like, the first time you saw Virtua Fighter, it was like, holy shit. This looks like this looks just like that shit in like fucking Alien, or whatever. Like it looks <laughs> like it looks like an effect that you saw in a movie, and it's amazing. And then you see it again two months later, and it's like, eh. And Ew. then you see Mario just kind of rolling on his heels in Super Mario sixty four, and it's transformatively beautiful. But if you were to look at that shit today, listener, you would vomit. Did you did you see Mario sixty four with ray tracing? No, I don't really like that. It's just like. I mean, okay. I guess you did it, technically. Doesn't make it look better. I would totally check out, like, a photo... Like, you know those hideous photorealistic versions of Mario? No. Those, those paintings? you never seen those? No. Like, oh, yes, yes, If, yes, if yes, a yes, man yes. actually had the dimensions of Mario. Yeah, no, those are terrifying. Like, yeah. Like, I want, like, a photoreal version of Mario, and, like, photoreal Koopas and everything, and ray tracing. I would play the fuck out of that Mario game. That no. sounds great. <laughs> and like, like when he throws a fireball, like the fireball lights up the hallway as it bounces down the hallway, like ray traced firelight. Earlier today, I completed a combo against a guy in Ghost of Tsushima um, in the middle of the night next to a fire. And watching just the animation as the guy kind of rocked there, grabbing his wound in the flickering firelight before he dropped to his knees. God, presentation has come so far. Alex, really you were right. It was a hideous, hideous area. Or era of gaming. Mm -hmm. The Among Us devs are a little cheese that Fortnite, a money-making juggernaut, has outright ripped off its entire game structure and apparently a map too for its new Imposters mode. Their relationship with Tencent says a lot about their character. As a company. I mean, Epic. Epic, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, Epic is Fortnite, Fortnite is Epic. It's hard to be hyped for anything Epic does because even though they're just a developer, they feel like uh, they feel like Electronic Arts Activision-y. You know? But they only got the one game, really. But they feel that big. I mean, they, they are. Yeah. With one game that keeps 
you know, encapsulating other games. And when it came out, it was so shit. Well, what they've done is they've turned it into a... They've turned it into a rat king of games. That's one way to put it, but I think more... Um, they're turn, they've turned it into what Sony wished uh, Little Big Planet had become. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, Sony figured people would come in and make those game modes, and that's what Roblox is, apparently. Oh, yeah. Roblox is the fans making the content, and and uh, whoever owns Roblox just raking in billions. Um, but yeah, like, it's... But what what Fortnite does is they didn't leave it up to the fans to do that shit. They did it themselves, and so they did it well. And so they saw that PUBG was doing very well, and they're like, let's rip that off. And then suddenly Fortnite is a success after face-planting. Fortnite face-planted when it came oh, out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No it one wanted them, that fucking game. And it took them like six years to make that game. Yes, and it and it and it then took several years after the, for them to uh, to rip off PUBG and turn it into the phenomenon it is today. And now I mean, it's, it's really they, hard to rip for them. Yeah, and now they've ripped off Among Us. So, yay! Yeah, uh, patch one point three for Cyberpunk is now live, providing what are listed as free DLCs, an alternate appearance for Johnny Silverhand. I wonder what that looks like. Actually, let's Google it. Yeah, I'm curious. Me too. Johnny Silverhand alternate appearance. Wow, it autofilled. Cool. Uh, images. Uh, what? He's got a jacket. No, he's got a sh- the side of his head is shaved. Yeah. I'm sure, like one of the game directors has that haircut. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, there's an alternate appearance for Johnny Silverhand, uh, two new jackets in V's apartment, and crafting specs for the jackets, and a vehicle called the Archer Quartz Bandit, available after the Ghost Town mission. It's a little orange 80s-style hatchback. Um, so not nothing to get excited about at Absolutely all. nothing to get excited at about, all. No. Uh, mediocre 2D brawler Blood Rain Betrayal will get a remastered release on September 9th on all platforms. I think Chamberlain didn't mind it. High praise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the content warning for Boyfriend Dungeon will be updated to include that stalking and emotional manipulation occur in the story. I mean, do we really need to just have spoilers and warning labels now? Well, okay, this uh, this was the one with the mom text thing last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I and so. I just, I still have icky feelings about it. I, I kind of do too, but I also have icky feelings about the notion that I would want to go to that dev and say, hey, you shouldn't do this. No, this dev wants to do it, you do uh, it. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, we shouldn't, they shouldn't have been forced to do this. This is just like, spoiled it for everyone. Now. No, I don't think they were forced to do it. I think their community backlashed at them and them being the type of devs who would put in the thing about mom, um, decided to implement this as well. This is them staying true to themselves. You know, kudos to them. I got no problem with that. Yeah, like, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like that sort of say, thing needs to be a secret to be an effective narrative. I would say if if it was mine, I agree with you that if I'm going to have like if I'm going to have six shit, I will have like a vague thing off the, off the beginning, like this game uh, may contain frightening images. Uh, player discretion is advised. That's all I'm going to tell you, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to and then I'm going to sucker punch you when you're not expecting it. And so yeah, this it feels like it's kind of denying you the option to do that. But again. That if their objective is less that than um, 
than making sure that their audience feels heard, this is what they do. So that's that's how they want to roll. I can't really fault them for it, although I wouldn't execute that way. I'll agree with that. It's nice to be caring. It is nice, but also, I, th I feel like this is over-catering. I don't know. Okay, we, there was a conversation not too long ago where we were all kind of like going, yeah, we were spanked and we're all fine. And then there was a study I saw where it's like, no, it's just not good. It's just not good. <laughs> and looking at the data of the study, I was like, oh, wow, it's really not. And I, us rationalizing it is a product of our upbringing. But I think, like, if it wasn't being sold as, like, a dating sim, that maybe this wouldn't have been an issue in the first place. If it was something like Night in the Woods or something, like a narrative. Like, I feel like people, like, feel inclined to just connect with, like, a dating sim more than something like just something that's telling a story. Well, I mean, no, no, a, a dating sim... Have you ever played a dating sim? No. Okay, a dating sim is one hundred percent story. That's all it is. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of dialogue and descriptive narrative that you click through and then occasionally make a decision. That's all. That's all a dating uh, sim is. This is that plus dungeon crawling, as far as I can tell. Well, shit. Nine in the woods triggered me every ten seconds. That's why I love it so much. And like, I defend, and I totally defend that experience. Like, I, I think that's how it should be done. Um, oh, God, I moved back in my parents, too. Oh, God, this is too fucking real. Oh, God, what am I doing in my life? That was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and artists uh, should have the authority to execute that how they see fit. They should. Even if it hurts, listener. I, I agree. Ooh. Tough love. Well, when I needed it. Ooh. And I moved the fuck out. <laughs> Gee, I didn't know that. No. Well, like, this is, this is like, fuck. No, no, I had already moved out when I played it. What am I saying? Yeah. Huh. But, you know, it's just, it's... I... A game has never cut me to my core, or just, like, looked, like, directly into my... What I assume are, like, fundamental failures of my mid-twenties, quite like that. Well, and I wasn't expecting it. You I did really love, enjoyed it. You did love that game an extra lot. Uh, Yeah. Well, you still do, obviously. I do. Mm. Game Beautifully animated. Amazing dialogue. Be still the most convincing mom character I've ever seen in a game. A oh, wonderful presentation, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> that, mom, that mom was just such a mom. I don't know what to tell you. Well, yeah, no, they were great characters. Let's, yeah. do, cr let's do crimes. Crimes. Uh, snack Falcon. I want a Snack Falcon shirt. And what was, what was the the Cola Fox? What was his name? The Cola Fox. Yeah, I don't, know. Uh, I don't remember now. Uh, uh, Night in the Woods, Fox, fabulous. I remember Possibilities. It's uh, a great restaurant name. Fuck! I took a screenshot of it and I put it up on the blog, and I know for a fact that if I had Google image searched it while the blog was still up, I would find that exact frame but it's, it's yes like, there's a it, snack falcon shirt and i will buy it oh really yeah all right <clears throat> remedy announced this week that control has moved over 10 million units and a quote bigger budget control sequel is now in the early concept phase so we'll see it 10 years from now gotcha fuck and their triple a with epic is now in full production i don't care about this triple a and epic i want my next control game that was a damn good game it was a damn good game, and I want like I want the evolution of that. Uh, just like I expect, Icky Island is going to be disappointing because yeah, I don't. Sounds disappointing. 
why well, it, it what it is is it's more Ghost of Tsushima, which I've already played, but it's you know different stories, so I won't want to skip the cutscenes. It took so, way too long. Um, as I'm replaying it, I'm seeing. Um, what I'm feeling is that there's not enough ways to interact with the world meaningfully. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you interact with your sword, period, or you talk to someone, and that's it. Um, and I think, and and it pisses me off that I feel like Breath of the Wild has kind of ruined other open worlds for me. Because if you went up to a tree in Breath of the Wild, there would be nuts or something in it. And if you cut the tree down and picked up the nuts, there's something you can do with those nuts. In Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> there, there's nothing in the world except people and maybe supplies to pick up that you can use to upgrade your gear. That's it. That's it. Um, it doesn't feel as meaningfully like a living world as Breath of the Wild did, or as um, um, Red Dead Redemption 2 did, as Grand Theft Auto 5 did. Um, it's really, it's in the Sony vein of pure action, kind of to its detriment a little bit. And I don't want to be that hard on it, because it's hard to point out that Horizon does things any different. It really doesn't. It's just Horizon's combat was so fucking good yes. that you loved it the whole way through. And I still hey, love this. But. And I don't mind them pushing that as far back as I need to. Yeah. Um, and I and I still love Ghost, but what I really want is I want the sequel that doesn't just give me more of this, that takes this, executes this again, and then gives me massive layers of additional complexity to the simulation. I mean, they already, I they already teased, you know... Medieval Tokyo, give it to me, please. What are you talking about? Oh, they're like, well, what's her face? The um, that archer that your teacher's chasing. She ends up like, oh, I guess I'll go to Tokyo and open up an inn. Maybe you'll see me there in the next game. Um, I wouldn't take that as a huge indication of where they're going with the sequel. Where else are they gonna go? Who knows? I mean, I don't know, but I, but I, I do like the idea of seeing Tomoe again, even though she's a murderer. Oh, she's the, she's a great femme fatale. Yeah, but she killed so many people. Yeah, I know. It makes her a great femme fatale. She's I'm, chaotic I'm, good. I'm going through the... She's not really good at all. No, she's chaotic evil. You're no, right. she's evil. Like, I'm yeah. going through that quest line right now, because I'm trying to, again, clear out all those quests on the first island, and I'm coming across all the peasants that Tomoe ordered Mongols to kill. Yeah, they shredded him. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Tomoe, I'm not on your... Like, I'm, I agree, Sensei Shikawa is a fucking dick. He's a huge piece of shit. He's a huge piece of shit, and uh, I've wanted to kill him multiple times myself, but... My what, favorite performance in the game. Sensei Shikawa? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That, that or, um... Khan? Uh, okay, well, there's so many great ones. Like, no, Yuna is really, really strong. True. Um, uh, Lady Masako is so fucking good. All of uh, yeah, the leads... I love the, where they get drunk with Yuna on the, on the rooftop. And Jin, the, the, the VA for Jin is fucking excellent. Jin, the yep. character, is less interesting than anyone he meets. True. Yeah. But that makes him more of like a... Cypher. Well, not a cypher. No, I that's, guess. The, that's the thing is he's not. You have no control over... Over his ethical, like you have control over one ethical choice way later in the game. It's a big one. It's a big one, but it really doesn't impact anything. What I'm talking about is I want the game where uh, they appreciate the incredible complexity of the stories you could get into and allow you to tackle them in your own way. What I want to do is I want to stumble into town looking like a drunk with a sword on my hip. But if Uh, anyone fucks with me, 
they die instantly from my quick draw technique that I learned from a hermit in the mountains down south. That's what I want. I want to go to a school and have to convince them to take me in, and that's the only way I can unlock this sword style. Like, I want a, I want a simulation of that richness, and I'm not going to get it. This is, you know... But again, like, um, like the, like seeing Mario rock on his heels, the first time I saw it, oh, God, so good. (laughs) (laughs) And every now and again, I can kind of tap into that enjoyment of it. Unfortunately, replaying it right now, I realize that so much of the enjoyment of this game, just like I was describing earlier, the Mongol beside the flickering fire, is the presentation. It is still just gorgeous. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a huge part of why it's still kind of enjoyable to run through. And there's just so much to look at. Yeah. And the animations are so good. The yeah. combat animations are so fucking good. The the skies, the rains, the yeah, the environments are just staggeringly beautiful. Seeing that little X when you get a headshot. Yeah. That's good. Well, for, unfortunately for me, the... Well, and not only that, but there's a, there's a thong. There's like a drum beat. Yeah. You nail a headshot. There's a real bass to it. It's, yeah, it's cool. Fucking awesome. In um, in Overwatch, though, headshots are a high pitched cl- like ding sound, like two when literally what the sound is two beer bottles clacking together, mm. ding. And that sound is the is uh, what what's the what's that chemical in serotonin? That sound is just a serotonin bomb for me. Yeah, especially on Tracer. I, I had. Um, I had to play the game on Wrecking Ball the other day where I had led half of the enemy team out into the zero gravity area on Horizon Lunar Colony. And there was a Moira, a Hanzo, and their Roadhog out there. And the Roadhog thought he was chasing me into the high ground. And just as him and his team are about to come through the door to the high ground, I go flying out the door to the high ground in ball form and boop them all out into space but they do have enough control to kind of get themselves back onto land. I leap above them as our Anna nades the Roadhog, making it so he can't heal himself. I nail him with perfect headshots as I float above him in zero gravity, Alex. And this is the play of the game. I nail him with perfect headshots as I float above him in zero gravity. Then I execute my slam, slam into the ground, and kill him with the slam, which is oh so satisfying. (laughs) Then I rolled into the Hanzo and Moira. My team killed the Moira. No, my team killed the Hanzo and I killed the Moira. Let's play the game. It nice. was beautiful. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. I'm not sure what's coming up to watch this weekend. Oh, you know what I'm weirdly hyped for? My brother told me that Cruella is now available to watch for free on Disney+. Plus. It's not. I should never trust him for shit. And what I found no. was I was excited to watch it. I was free. excited to see. Okay, well, excited in the way that one can be reasonably interested in watching... Um, do you remember Willy's Wonderland, the Nick Cage one where he beats the crap out of animatronic monsters? No. Oh, you weren't here for that episode? No. Okay, Willy's Wonderland is... Willy's Wonderland, yes, please. Willy's Wonderland is a wordless performance from Nick Cage. He does not have one line in the entire movie. He comes roaring through town on in this badass black um, Camaro or something like that, modern... Modern Mustang, something this like that. This came out of February? What the fuck? Yes, and I didn't watch it then, because it just didn't look interesting to me. Like It's, I, it's like Five Nights at Freddy's. But... It's Five Nights at Freddy's, starring Nick Cage. He's he's uh, he's kind of entrapped by the people in this town, and the sheriff decides they're going to feed him to the demons that live inside these animatronic dolls in Willy's Wonderland. And... It's, yeah, it's literally Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes. Thank God. 
Yes, and your job is to clean the place overnight, and they'll just, they expect to clean up the body in the morning. When they get there in the morning, he has cleaned the place. <laughs> like, it's, it's a, it's a fun, so, and now that I've told you about this, don't go in expecting Pig. Pig is one of the best films of the year. Of course not. No, 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 no. This is stupid and ridiculous and fun, um, if you got a little buzz on. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, I, I, yeah. It's one of those. And so now you, you could be reasonably hyped to see Willy's Wonderland at some point. No, no, this looks good. That's right. And this in, looks like good animatronic work. But at the same time, you're not expecting the fucking world from this. No. In fact, you're expecting it to be legit bad in a lot of directions, right? I'm expecting to see, have a good time watching Nicolas Cage pay off his dinosaur bones. But again, you're expecting it to be a little bad in a lot of directions, right? Yeah. It is with that same enthusiasm that I am now a little hyped for Cruella. Okay. So, again, I do expect it to be shitty in a lot of directions, but I want to see Emma Stone go, Cruella! Like, <laughs> mom gets killed by Dalmatians. Yeah, no, those Dalmatians shove her off a cliff. I've seen the clip. Uh, yeah. They're bad I dogs. Mean, They're bad dogs that she's got to have a coat. Honestly, Dalmatians suck. I've heard They're that. They're really mean. Of zebras. Have you heard about zebras? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zebras are absolute aggressive dicks, and they will kick your ass if you get close to them. Same with hippos. Oh, hippos are murderers, man. They're the biggest killers of the entire continent, right? You wouldn't they? think it, looking at yeah. them a little. Oh, they're adorable. I know. They're like little, little like... Wonder... You know what? The more I think about it, I get the, the name Water Horse. Like, what the hell else would you call them? Hmm. Water Pig. What? Yeah, you know what? That's better. You got those little snouts. You got a huge snout. Yeah. Well, not yeah. when they're not they're little. I, have you ever seen um, Message from the King? Message from the King. Message from the King was an early um, Chadwick Boseman movie for Netflix. It is very much a modern urban noir. Message from the King. Yeah. He He's from South Africa. He comes to L.A. looking for his sister. Uh, from the King. Anyway, listener, if you haven't seen Message from the King on Netflix... I give it four stars, starring Chadwick Boseman. Ooh, Luke his, Evans. In his prime... What, Luke Evans? No. Oh, yeah. director? Yeah. No, no, he's an actor. Luke Evans. He plays Wentworth. In Message for the King? Yeah. Or Message from the King? Wentworth. Yeah, he was... Uh, yeah. Okay. Message from the King. He's, Wentworth. um... He's, uh... Belmont. Oh, Luke Evans. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, in this Wentworth. Trevor, he's Trevor, yeah. yeah okay, well, in, I would just describe him as the dentist mm-hmm. <laughs> in this movie. But yeah, he's in it. There, there's, there's, some, there's some very strong actors in it, but of course, it's, it's very much the Chadwick Boseman show. And it's just him in like a gritty, gross, violent noir. Huh. Yeah. 4.5 audience rating summary. 45% of Rotten Tomatoes. 49% audience score. Yeah. Wait, no. I'm thinking of Richard Armitage. My bad. Richard Armitage. Richard oh, Armitage was Trevor. I also watched Dom Hemingway the other day. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. I've heard really mixed things about it. Um, no, Okay, I'm going to kind of echo them. Um, really uncomfortable to watch. He's an unlikable character. Jude mm-hmm. Law gives an amazing fucking incredibly energetic performance. But like, even like the first 30 seconds of this movie was hard for me to get through. Because he's just standing there topless, staring into the camera, 
as he's clearly getting a blowjob, talking about how <laughs> awesome his cock is. It's like a five-minute <laughs> monologue about how his you know, dick. how yeah, about his dick, and <laughs> and he's so uh, like spittingly aggressive into the camera. Kind of reminds me of Tom Hardy in um, he was that prisoner. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Bronson. Bronson kind of reminded me of Tom Hardy and Bronson a little bit. Um, so, and it's a very energetic tour de force performance. And the guy who plays his straight man, um, I forget his name off the top of my head, is excellent. So, like, awesome performances, um, but really hugely uncomfortable to watch. Like, if you want her to watch a car crash over and over again, that's very much what this film feels like. Um, not if you like Jude Law, not without its merits, but not great. And I rewatched Steve Zissou, uh, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. It's pretty good. I remember I only really laughed once. Going back to okay, I yeah. never loved it compared to Royal Tenenbaums, but it's um, way more of a drama than most of his stuff. It is. It's also way more of a tragedy. But going yeah. back to it, uh, cur- certainly now uh, after kind of like the Me Too movement, you wonder why some choices were made. Yeah, but also the best, like, crash scene. Like, after, like, watching it after I've been in a crash myself, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. In Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? Mm-hmm. What crash? When they crash that plane and his son dies. Oh, it's a helicopter. Helicopter, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just, you just, you just there's this misplaced time. Uh, the killing of the character in service of this awful guy's growth mm-hmm. felt really gross to me. Yeah. Like, no, I, I don't I don't like it. It's not my favorite of his. But and, but at the, the same okay. time there's there's a, such a and I was thinking about watching it and thinking that for some reason the term white innocence was bouncing around in my head repeatedly as I was watching it. <laughs> like but at the same time there is something genuinely earnestly innocent about it. And th- and feeling like all the it's okay to express all of this because it's safe to, uh, yeah. It like so yeah. It kind of it kind of struck me. Maybe I should maybe I should rewatch Royal Tenenbaums and see if I hate it now. <laughs> I know I've seen the um, Grand Budapest like five times and I love it. I yeah. That's the thing is I still love Grand Budapest. So fucking good. It is. It is. Those fuckers. <laughs> Mm. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. Well, episode episoded. Episode episoded. Alex, thank you very much for talking with me this week. Oh, of course. Listener, thank you very much for listening to us this week. We will see you in a week. But I maybe have finished Dark Souls or Demon Souls by then. Probably not. Bullshit. I've hit a wall. What the wall is? This area we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Watch the video. You just yeah. Roll those fuckers. Roll yeah, got, like, those got, like, fuckers. Got, Alex. Got, like, 30 half grass, I think I'm okay. What are you wielding? I've got a spear. Spear. And the long, the, the the super longbow. Are you using a shield at all? Not really. The whole point of using a spear is you can hold up a shield and spear guys. Yeah, but like, and what I'm trying to do is just like have like almost like a, like a, uh, 40 endurance, so I can, like, wear whatever I want and just block everything forever. Yeah, but how do you block everything if you don't have a shield? No, no, I have, like, a kite shield, but I'm not blocking enough because I'm just I'm doing so much damage to my spear. Okay, so you are using a shield. I am. Okay. 
Yeah, so the shield is an important aspect of navigating this sequence, right? as you'll see. But I think I just have, like, I think my sword is just a long sword plus five. Like, it's just a normal sword that I, mm-hmm. just, that I just, you know, hammered up at the blacksmith. So am I, like, halfway through the game? Because it kind of feels like I am. Uh, depends how many bosses you've killed. I've I've done the like kill the first boss in each area and moved on kind of thing. Okay, they so, suggest to do. Um, I so I guess I'm on wrong. the. Fo- I could be wrong, but if you've killed the first boss in each area, I'm trying to count bosses in my head. I think you've got. I think you're a third of the way at best, possibly closer to a quarter. All right. Yeah, like you've got a fucking ways, man. Good. Make me want to replay it just so I can counsel you well. Hmm. But you know what? Tomorrow I'll have this new game. I don't need to download it. And I still never went back and played Hyperlight. I kind of want to get into Humankind, maybe. Uh, Everyone's pretty tepid on it. Everyone's pretty tepid on it, but um, how many games... Like, this is like if a new first-person shooter came out and there were only one of those every two years. (laughs) Like, dude, it's been like four years since the last expansion Exactly. Exactly. So if you're like a Civ junkie and you've been jonesing for something new, there's something new. And Boy, it's not just bad. Civ Six again. But mm. this is something new, and apparently it's not bad. I bet you would get fucking hyped for all the weird shit this game decides to do. There's I a totalitarianism meter or something. Or I hate that. Authoritarianism. I don't want to do that. Why not? But don't I, do it. Do the opposite of it. I will. What's the opposite? I have I have never been fascist in Civ ever. Is the opposite just democracy? Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. But then you know, like once you hit, like you know. The 2010s, make sure you start nudging it towards authoritarianism just for historical accuracy. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go there. I don't want to go there. It's been a week. I don't want to go there. It's been a week. That The people falling off the plane haunt my dreams. Anyway. Yeah, I saw a big thing about how they were thrilled that a uh, plane landed with 164 people on it that they got out. I'm like 164. They, they've secured the airport and they've committed to 20,000. And 20, it looks like okay. it looks like almost all of them are going to Utah, which they got the room. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of comments online about you know like what we should have done, and what I would say about Afghanistan specifically. Have you ever seen a movie called Charlie Wilson's War? Yes, I did. Listener, if before you talk about Afghanistan, for any reason... Yeah, that's a good one. Go watch a movie called Charlie Wilson's War. Pretty and, succinct framing of how we willingly fucked it up. Yes. And um, and, and I know it's fashionable right now to say Bush did it. And absolutely, Bush did do it. Bush did it. Um, but Afghanistan, as it was, wasn't, wasn't done by Bush, specifically... And it wasn't even done by Charlie Wilson. It started a long time ago. And long, it's, long time ago. And it started with Russia pulling some shit. It did. It really did. But yes. honestly, you could say it almost started with Napoleon too. You don't uh, get the you don't get back. the name where empires go to die for being a great place to live. <laughs> okay, I don't want to shit on Afghanistan. I'm not trying to. I'm just like it's or a great place to nation build. That's a that's a horrible way to put it. My bad. A great place. Um, to- Afghanistan is a great place to nation build. It's not. No, like oh. they just they don't want to be ruled, and they're doing a great job. I wouldn't want not to being be, ruled. I wouldn't want to be ruled either. No. Um, but yeah, that's for, a rare quality. American foreign policy has been fucking around in Afghanistan for like forty years at least. 
At least. 40, maybe 50 years at this point. It might be 50. Like, uh, Charlie Wilson was like like 81-ish. That sounds about right. And the alternative at the time was seen as you're giving it up to communists. You're giving it up to communism if you don't help the Afghanis defend themselves against this. Uh... And it was a proxy war. It wasn't an official war. No one knew what was happening. It was an oh, off-the-books hey, off arms thing. People say Tom Hanks only ever plays himself. That's not true here. He's yeah, a funny character. Yeah, he's having a lot of fun, too. And oh, who, his monologue of what he did to the guy who killed his dog is so fucking good. And who's the lady? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, um, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts, Julia yeah. Roberts does it. Doing a decent southern accent. Ah, she's fun. It was yeah. Nice, it was nice to see her doing something. I haven't yeah. seen Julia Roberts in a while. But things like that are what the Gina Davis Institute ten, plans to resolve. And that also, last week we were talking about... Um, tasteful execution of nudity in games and the only example I could come up with was the Order 1886 and the rationale for that was it didn't feel male gazy. No. It felt like you're just intruding on her place of work and like get the fuck out of here. Yes, but um, the documentary kind of highlighted for me that that was a very male centric view of it that is. issue because um, what and again and Chamberlain at this point would point out that I hate censorship and I do. I think if you want to have uh, sexy time in your game, fucking do it. As long as you do it well and you're executing your dream and you're trying to do something really cool and you think it's really cool, great, do it. And hey, like, you know, expand on some themes about sexuality while you're at it. I'm it not wouldn't kill you. I'm not telling anyone how to do their jobs. But at the same time, because there aren't enough women creators in the industry executing whatever the fuck they want to do, what we have is um, an industry where women, female characters are ten times more likely to be shown in uh, scant, scantily clad. Um, there's a, And that has a real problematic impact on a culture. On a culture. Uh, so it would be good if... Um, you, it would be good if the female perspective were given equal weight in modern gaming. But unless you have, uh, I want, I, don't, I can't, I mean, who's to say that a female director at like an Amy Hennig would solve that problem? I mean, I sure would love to have her own studio. That's for damn sure. Uncharted never felt particularly male gazy to me when she was no. on board, at least. Like um, even that one scene with, um, uh, God, shit, Claudia Black played her, Chloe, yeah, yeah. in the beginning of two. Yeah, but that was, you know... Yeah, that didn't it was, it was like, cute. It was flirty. Yeah, yeah, that didn't feel male gazy to no. me. Uh, nothing Naughty Dog did felt unga- male gazy to me until um, Last of Us... Last of Us, Yeah, until Druckmann and Last of Us Part Two, Where, you know, Alana became a... a not Alana. And Alana? I still haven't forgiven for that. Who's Alana? Alana. Who is Alana Elena, in The Last Elena, of Us? Elena, excuse me. Elena in The Last of Us. No, Elena in Uncharted 4. Oh, Elena became not Elena? No. She was just like... Oh, she was very Pushed much, aside. Yeah, and she, she just decided not to be in the story, which... Yeah. Fuck that. She's an investigative journalist. Yeah, that pissed me off. God, that made me so angry. And he was like, no, it's the boys show. I'm like, I don't care about his brother. Fuck, fuck the boys. It's fucking Troy Baker, and I love Give Troy me Baker, Chloe. but yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. point, point being, um, yeah, I was watching that, that documentary, and I was annoyed that... I took, I took, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we spoke adequately on that last week. Mm. And I'm sure I'm not speaking adequately on it today. And I'm sure if in five years, 
someone listens to this podcast, I'm probably saying really pr- problematic shit, but I'm trying. <laughs> we're I'm, trying our best. We're, we're trying. We're progressive for our time. Can we at least qualify for that? Maybe? Well, I Hopefully? Would, I would say yes, but... Well, you know, I would also say that the only person you got to convince is yourself. So I would say yes. I do think about that a lot. I want to say that's the only way to identify it, but I also worry that that's creating an anxiety out of it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that is unnatural. But if we just kind of shuffle forward without looking at it, you won't notice it. I didn't. For you know, half my life at least. Half my I mean, life. I feel like More, you should do your best to most be, of my educate life. yourself and help. Yeah, yeah. And educating yourself is kind of the big one because that informs a lot, and it, it takes energy. Um, well, one of the things that this documentary points out is that even though you can consider yourself unbiased, oh God, what was it? It was FX, the FX network in particular. You can consider yourself unbiased, just like the president of F- the FX network did. And then you can be shown the data by the Gina Davis Institute that shows, in fact, women have a speaking role less on the FX network, more than any other network. Uh, women are represented as, you know, sexual conquests on FX network, more than any other network. And the president of FX went to the Gina Davis Institute and said, how do we correct this? We need to consciously correct this. And they turned it around completely, and now they are now the example for the industry. And I'm not just talking about how characters are presented in their shows. I'm talking about uh, the creators that they work with. This is why Atlanta is on the FX network. Ooh, I really want to get into Reservation Dogs, too. Uh, now, on the one hand, I yes, I agree. Not only that, but anything Taika Waititi does. But for me... Well, he's just producing this. For me, it immediately recalls a Canadian movie called Dance Me Outside. Mm. You ever see that? No. Um, it's this story, but it done in the nineties by Canadians. Huh? Yeah. It's just, it's kind of a bunch of, you know, crazy kids on a reservation and the wild antics they get up to and the shit they have to put up with. Wow. Michael Gray eyes. I do not recognize that name. He's in a, he's in a ton of shit. He was crazy horse. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, then I think we're done for this week. I think we are, too. Alex, thank you very much for chatting. I'm so glad to have chatted. Thank you for being here. Listener, thank you very much for listening. We will see you in a week. Bye-bye.